こそテンペンスアーケードポッドキャストへビクター・マーランドとショーン・ホーリーです Welcome to the テンペンスアーケードポッドキャスト with ビクター・マーランドとショーン・ホーリー Hello and welcome to the テンペンスアーケードポッドキャスト the only arcade only podcast in the U of KTogether my co-host ショーン・ホーリー Hello And I, Victor Marland, go boldly where no other podcast goes, talking about old arcade games from our youth. Arcade news, events, the games themselves, and biscuits. Biscuits. Welcome to our world. Children of the pens! <laughs> yes! Two intros today, Sean. What do you think of that? With our mysterious Japanese lady. It's nice, Anne. It's good, it's isn't it? It's awesome. She's a lovely voice. Mm. Right. Before we go any further, I forgot to mention last time that I am featured on Reza W's Pro Fanboy thing. This is blog. Uh, I included a link in the last show notes, and it's also in this week's everyone to check out. I was asked to write about my favourite game, along with a bunch of other gamers, writers, and people in the gaming community. Yes, I was asked as well, and then completely forgot about it. You are useless, sir. Oh, yeah. It took me a while because I kept forgetting as well, actually. I never had enough time to do it. But I sat down a couple of nights and said, right, I'm going to go for this. And I talked a little bit about Space Invaders because it's one of the、yeah. games that sort of really got me into it, I suppose, when I was a kid.、Um, I've also been playing a few Switch games because I got some vouchers for Christmas. And so I've been playing a few of those. And I completed a game called Pinstripe. Have you ever heard of that one? Is it about suits? No. It's about an evil baddie called Pinstripe. It's a really nice little indie sort of adventure type game. And you play this、uh, an ex minister, and, and this evil guy takes your three, a very young daughter away, kidnaps her, and you've got to go and find her back. And you're in this weird, like, nether world. And it's, <laughs>、yeah. it's really good. The artwork is absolutely gorgeous. And it's all sort of hand drawn kind of thing, which is a lot of the things with these indie games. And it's, it's a really clever puzzle game. I've really, really enjoyed it, and I'm looking forward to the guy's new game, which should be coming out of Switch as well. I don't think it's complete yet. It's a game called Once Upon a Coma, where you're a little boy in a coma and you're, you're in this sort of other nether world. It looks a very similar kind of game. You play this little boy, it looks really, really cool. I like those kind of games. I, I also downloaded a demo on the Switch called Forgotten Anne.、Um, it looks okay, but it might take forever to do, so I'm not sure about buying it because it might take a bit too much of my time. And it's by Square Enix, so it's going to be, I think, a massive epic journey. RPG kind of thing. No, it isn't. It's not an RPG at all. I think Square Enix have sort of、um, branched out a little bit now and they're doing diff- different games. I'm not sure it's just produced by them or what. I don't know. But it looks quite、Ooh. good. It's,、um, it's almost like a point and click adventure on the Switch. So you move,、right. you move this girl around and you're in this sort of weird world where everything goes, it's forgotten about. So you know when you lose that sock? Yeah. That's where it goes to this world. So all the things are, are items and they speak. So, you've got a sock and a lampshade and a tumble dryer and all these kind of things, and you're there as well. So, there must be a story about how Anne got there. And there's like a, there's a, big, there's a big world you're in, and there's like conflicts going on with these sort of radical groups of things trying to get out of the, the world. It's, it looks quite good, but I don't want a game that's going to take me too long, you know, because I don't like leaving games.、Um, mm, 10 minutes is enough, isn't it? Well. An hour a night, maybe, if you've got the time spare, but you don't want to be on it for like a hundred hours. That would just get on my nerves. Because, oh, no, no, no. Even really, really good games like Mario World on the. Or Mario. What's it? What's the new one called? Mario, 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 and Marionus on the Switch. That just takes forever. And I just haven't got time to complete it. I've just left it now because I, I just never complete it. 
and the big Zelda game. It just takes forever. It's so good, but it just takes forever. And I haven't got the time to do it. Yeah, they they make the games well. They they've always been expensive, but now they put so much into them, don't they? Oh yeah, they're you definitely can, worth it. Yeah, you can see why they take like two years to develop or even more. Oh, longer. But th- these these indie ones are usually done by. I think Pinstripe's done by one guy. He did everything. He did the music, uh, the the graphics, the programming, everything. I think he did the whole lot. It took him five years to make this. It's an indie game. So they want me to star in it. Write the theme tune, sing the theme tune. I think it was only about £9 as well, because it was was real cheap on the the sale. But another indie game I got is a game called Candle. You heard of that one? I think so. Is it something about burning in the wind? No. That's that's the song. All right. But this, this game is... It was released on, I think, on Steam and probably PS4 and all those kind of things before the Switch. And I sort of had it on my list for things to buy, and it came cheap, so I'll get that. And it's really, really good. It's another kind of sort of little... You move this guy around, you're jumping around the place, finding things and doing things, and it's a really cool little game. It's a little bit harder than Pinstripe. It's quite Some of the puzzles are quite difficult. I have been cheating a little bit, but Pinstripe, I didn't cheat at all. I did it, completed it. But this one, you've got to cheat a bit because you've got to interact with backgrounds. Sometimes you can't, you can't see that they're movable or you can use them. But it's really cool. And when the baddies get you, they go... <laughs> Which I quite like. <laughs> right. They sort of these these weird little hook monster things. When they get you, they sort of jump up and down, and you go. <laughs> I like that. I like it when nice. things laugh at you and you die. Uh, arcade stuff. Uh, I've just about finished Bosconian ISIS conversion theme. It's done. Seen it. Yep, it's Lovely. done. I'll Lovely put some pictures on the uh, on the website for everyone to look at. I fit the bright green tea molding and put some more better lighting in it and in the marquee. Um, so I made up a little a two-line LED light strip which runs on 12 volts. I got like a strip of these little tiny LEDs and I popped it on a board and, and fixed it inside the marquee just behind the uh, marquee light and um, it works better than the, the tube lights actually. It works really well. It's not too bright and it actually fills the whole marquee. Rather than a little strip in the middle where you can just see yeah. sort of light from it, it fills the whole thing so it's really good. Nice. I have moved some of the ISIS cabs around a bit so I've put the, the food fight one right on the end so I can get to it and spin it around and you know get to it and do things in it. I need to make a new wooden monitor bracket to hold the monitor inside the cab because it's, it's the wrong position inside and it's a bit manky anyway, it's a bit bent. So I'll do a new one of them soon. And also, the, the ver- where it was vertical before, it wasn't centred in the screen, it wasn't in the middle. So now I've turned it 90 degrees, it's off to one side. So I have to do something about yeah. that. Oh, Food Fight is going to be a pie and an Ult- Ultimark Ultra Stick, because I cannot afford about 800 to to £1,000 to buy an original stick and a board for it. Because oh, they are super expensive. Yeah, Food Fight is super expensive nowadays. Oh, another thing I've been doing lately. This is going to shock you. Boo. I've been playing on the, the Konami hardware, the Phil Murray Konami hardware, and I've been playing Amidar. Oh, well done. You know I hated Amadar? Yeah. I hate it less now. You know sometimes when a game just clicks? Mm. It's clicked with me. And I've sort of realised, you, you know that the, the baddies go in that Amadar movement where they, they sort of go down and across until they hit something hard, then they go the other way. Yeah. If you work out that when the enemies pass you from top to bottom, they're always going to keep going down. They won't come after you. So you can sort of wait on a line, and it will actually miss you if you know which way it's going. And you know it's never going to hurt you. And you just go above it, and then the other way, you go down the other way. And I got about 30,000 points on it. I was playing quite well, for me. 
yeah, that, that's one thing that appealed to me about it. The predictive, really, movement. I like that. I like that in games. It's it's kind of like Cubert, really, but I haven't quite clicked on Cubert because on Cubert, you know Coily is always going to go after you and he always moves in, obviously, a diagonal pattern and he always follows exactly where you go. So if you go up, he'll go up. Mm. And until he gets towards you, then he'll go down one and try and get you. So you can ch- kind of work out that way. But with Cubert... The red blobs that come down will sort of follow you as well, and the Ugin wrong way, they go this. They sort of go their own way, but they they travel on the side of the cubes, not on the tops of the cubes. So that yeah. that gets me. So I've been playing Cuba, and I've been getting a little bit better at that as well. I play Cuba a lot because it's on that cover. Just flick it on when I come in here because I'm actually in the games room this morning. Because Sean, would you like to tell us what time it is? It's six forty-two in the morning Vic. on Sunday. Yes! This is the Lord's Day. <laughs> well, it's not. It's just my day, but it's early. Because you've got to, you've got a busy Monday, haven't you? Yeah, well, obviously, I'm, I work today sort of 10 till 10. And tomorrow, I will be doing... I'm going down to see my mother down mm-hmm. south. Mumsy? So yeah, so we can't record Monday. And then I'll be coming back up Tuesday. Yeah. So busy, busy, busy. Yeah. So, as well as that busy work, what else have you been doing? Well, Vic, wife was at, when every time in my little man cave here, every time wife opened the door and I was playing the car, but I had the my chair mm-hmm. right next to the door. So she oh, kept, yes, because you've got your candy cabin there now, yeah. Yes, yeah, because it's a, a big, a lot sort of longer cabin. It? So I, she yeah. kept sort of opening the door, banging the door, spilling coffee all down the front. Uh-oh. So, so I've reorganised everything, and now it's nice, Vic. Look, it's nice. I've got... I've got. I can get to everything. I've like thrown away a load of useless stuff, like windows and doors and that. And I could everything fits in. A wife doesn't spill coffee down the front when she opens the door. Do you know what her. isn't great? What a chesty coffee. Mm. Not or a chest, chesty coffee even. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I've, I've been up to the lakes, visited the Lake District, Hawkshead on the west side of Windermere, which is the more quiet side. Head of Hawk. Uh, that was really nice. I found some nice IPAs there from Hawkshead Brewery. Uh-oh. I put a picture on Twitter. That'll and I give thought, you a sore head. I, I thought, I'd have a gyrus night, but a couple of them and my scores were plummeting. I don't know why. Yeah, I have no idea. I don't, no. drink, I don't drink at all now. No, I don't, apart from nights. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's your problem, sir. That's why you are like you are. Yeah, it's a big IPA fiend. Yes. Guess what else? Uh, it's right in front of me, but you might have told, well, tell the oh, listeners. Right, yeah. A bit of arcade club news. Leeds. Arcade. Leeds! Leeds! It's due for mid-February open. It's sort of... Oh, I've heard that one up before. I know. It's just so much to do. I think it's I mid know. to late Feb. But there you go. Uh, we've yep. had con- containers in from US and Japan Sandwich containers? No, big containers full of cabs. Oh, I thought you were going to say big containers full of biscuits then for a minute. No, what, what's in that, these said containers? Most of it is Japanese Japanese rhythm games, right? And rhythm I was games. so a couple have been set up in the arcade, and the rest are going to Leeds. And I'm just I'm playing one yesterday. No, I wasn't. Sorry, no, I wasn't. I was looking at one, but as You're a polishing walk past, it, making sure people weren't putting their drinks on it. Yeah, but, I understand. Yeah, 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 yeah. Andy might not be listening. That was it, honestly. And. They're all the same, right? I think they're all based on pressing buttons in time to the rhythm. Of course. There was a, there's even a Final Fantasy one. Oh, is there? 
It's called theatrhythm, like theatre of rhythm, all one word. It's, is that onomatopoeia when it's stuck together? No, it's not. Let's is say it? yes. Yeah. Just, just for editing purposes, no. Final <laughs> Fantasy. And that's another one. You, you, it looks like a boss battle, you know, the, the, the turn-based boss battles of the old Final Fantasy. Just a minute, just a minute. It is early and I may fall asleep if you go on about boss battles with turn-based okay. actions. Go on. So you just press the... the, the Buttons appear on the screen and you press them in time and that. Honestly, sorry, I'm awake again. And then there's another one that's turned up which is called something. Press your button face. And I said to someone, these are all the same, mate. They they are all pressing the buttons. Some are touch screen, some are buttons. They're all pressing them in time to the to a certain sequence of events. And he said, aren't all games like that? And that was a bum, bum, bum moment because yeah. kind of they are. I'm surprised they? that if if it was a rhythm a rhythm game enthusiast, they didn't rip you apart. No, they're totally different. How dare you? you know, no, like, we, well, like we do when people criticise Space Invaders or Pac Man. How dare you? <laughs> All games are like pressing buttons in time to an event. For oh my word, Uh-oh. I had to go and have a lie down. Yeah, I'd have a quick ten minutes as well. Actually, <laughs> there you go. Yeah, is that it? All your stuff been done? Yeah, I think so. I have been yeah. doing. I've got Monday and Tuesday off as well. I'm having Monday tomorrow and the next day off because work's right. been annoying me. So I said, "All right, I'm having it off. Balls to you. I'm out of here." <laughs> yeah, it's as simple as that, and they couldn't refuse. So I'm going to try and get in here tomorrow and do a bit more food fight. Um, another thing I've been doing, actually, I forgot to say, is yesterday I got out in the garden with me workmate and me drills and routers and all that stuff and i actually made a wooden panel for food fight because what i try and do on the panels now is i get the lovely lovely arcade artwork printed out and i don't want to put any holes in the actual thing where the joystick goes so what i do is i make a wooden bit on the bottom three quarter inch wooden piece and it gets the the holes for the count for the joystick get countersunk into there and screwed through the wood so that holds the joystick and when you put the panel on top obviously the buttons go through the holes in the panel and there's two bolts holding it to the the isis machine and it looks really neat because there's no there's no bolt holes or bolt heads for the where the joystick is. So I'm doing that. But when you do that, you've got to like sink certain parts into the joystick goes through the hole. It's got to sit you know flush to the top of the wood. You've got to do the holes for the buttons. But underneath, you've got to put like a sort of um, it, so it looks almost like Mr. Tronad's coined it as a, a racket, a tennis racket shaped hole. You imagine right. a hole with an angled sort of square bit on it, and that's yeah. to take the leaf switch holder on the bottom. Right. I'll put a picture up on, on the website for everyone to look at what I mean. But normally I do it on a CNC machine at work. I program the actual machine to do the holes, and it comes out absolutely perfectly, you know, within 01 or something of a millimetre. But it never needs to be that accurate, because you're never going to see it even. As long as it's functional, it's fine. But recently at work, on Friday, I was rushing to get a job done on, on a certain machine which had a certain vice in a position where I could use it, because different machines have got different things on. And my little 5-axis machine I use... It's got a very small vice, so I can't put you know big pieces of wood in it. So I had to mm. wait into this machine. It didn't quite finish. So I thought, oh, damn it. I'll have to do it by hand. And by hand is normally not so good because you know, it takes a lot more effort, um, skill. It's never quite as accurate, and some things go wrong. But I actually, on Saturday, I got out in the garden and, and took my time at it, and it worked out really well. It's actually quite neat as well. I, I did everything with you know sort of hand electric tools, like you know a, a drill brace, um, a normal hand drill, a router, 
And I did it. I did it all by hand with a router. I didn't use any fixtures or anything. So I did it all by hand, and it's actually turned out really neat. And it's really and it works, which is good. Is that like when your your kind of law is? I think it's measure law. once cut. Measure once cut twice, isn't it? And I try that. No, no, work. no. It's measure twice to yeah. make sure it's right, and then cut once because you if you cut it twice, you might get it wrong. Oh, I'm doing some cut where you've been going wrong. Cutting out with scissors the other day. I should have done the other day. Yeah, Is that why you've only doubt. got half a beard at the moment? Yeah, mate. <laughs> ah. Oops, you should have measured that beard twice. Measure twice, cut, cut once. once. That's the, that's the sh- rule of thumb. Why oh, do the thumbs rule- have rules anyway? Rule of beard. My thumbs have no rules. They're just bonkers, my thumbs. Lovely. They're all over the place. That's probably why you do so well on gyrus. Bonkers thumbs. Yeah, so I've been enjoying, actually enjoying making stuff for it for a change. Cause it... it Usually comes out wrong, and I'll get frustrated because I like things to be bang on. But this particular part doesn't need to be that good. So as long as it's functional and it is, and it actually looks pretty good for me. Quite like Ooh. it. When I see in Scene Machine, you just sort of hit the button, and it does everything for you. There's, there's no, there's no. All you do is you, you lock up in a vice, close the doors, hit the button, and it runs through and does it. Ooh. So it's normally quite easy, and it comes out absolutely spot on. But sometimes it can be a bit too accurate if you're a bit too close with the limits things might not go and you've got to leave a meal or so but yeah it works really nice happy with that cool so hopefully i'll get a bit more work done on the food fight as long as doggy lets me get in the garage and do stuff because i'll be with him on my own tomorrow and the next day he might chew up the stairs arcade news Okay, we have some good news here. Vic sage is back with the diary of an arcade employee podcast and this one's talking and talking D-O-A-A-E. about oh yeah that's a five letter acronym i do like my acronyms you do. i do like a tla though a three letter acronym okay or an ipa yeah. an ipa india pale ale oh get some kids try it before you go to school it's great no i edit that out don't do that don't do that kids don't do that kids yeah so we put a link in the no shows and He's also another just on centipede hasn't he yeah cool, cool. i've listened it already to it. i have i have I haven't. And Galloping Ghost Pinball Room preview. Well, not a room, actually. It's it's a whole new building, isn't it? Yeah. So that's a a link we will put. We have actually been there. We've we? had a preview before it was even away already. But it didn't take long to get it ready, did it? Because it, it certainly wasn't ready when we saw it there. There was bits of wall needed doing and plastering and mm. carpets and all that sort of stuff. He's had it done in, in, what, not even a month since we've been there. Yeah, it's done really well. Nice it, looks work, it looks really good. I, I watched a bit of it. Uh, it starts off with the Varcon, which is a, a, a special machine in my heart, that game. Lovely. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's a, a Star Force game, very very similar to Star Force, coming out on a Commodore 64 by a programmer <laughs> called Sarah Jane Avery. And I got in contact with her on Twitter saying, oh, I want to play this when it comes out. really, really like um, Star Force. And I linked to our review of Star Force when we did it. Uh, and it's, she said it's going to be a 512k cartridge for the Commodore 64 and maybe released on disc also. I certainly want to play this. I'll, I'll, I think I'll buy this when it comes out. Yeah, sounds good. It, sounds sounds good. Really, it looks so good. It looks quite close to the original game. Really nice game. Oh, here's another one I did. Uh, Gallagher Revenge, an official sequel to one of the Gallaghers on mobile phones and mobile devices, you know, iPads and that sort of stuff. I've deleted it already. It's mm. too much faffing about with tons of upgrading screens and not enough shooty action. Gallagher in name only. One out of ten, I give it. Have you played it? 
No, but that is the curse of modern gaming. I think I downloaded when it came out that Super Mario Run or whatever it is called. It was a one button. Yes. What do you call them? Endless runner. Yeah. And I thought that'd be a bit of fun. Just press a button. I, I quite like Cannabolt and games like that. Yeah. But the amount of screens and tutorials and unlocking and collect yeah. this, and I, I had it for about a day and deleted it. I thought, I can't be asked. I just want to play the game. It's like yeah. two and a half hours. That's exactly what to... this game is like. It's like loads of tutorials. I'm thinking, just a minute, you just guide your ship round and press the screen every now and then when you want to use a smart bomb. That's it on a, on a shooting game. The thing is, the cave games, I've got Mushi Himasama on on the phone, and it works really nicely. And games like Shooty Skies on there work really well, and that uh, Llamasoft one that came out a little while ago, it's a bit like Centipede, Comrade's it's called. Now, that was a really, really good game, and it works really well. All you do is you move your finger around the screen. And that's mm. the same as this game, but this game took so long to get into it, and you could upgrade and do this and do that. I was like, no, just let... And you can move all around the screen as well, as far as I remember. Unlike Gallagher, which is left and right, and Gallagher 3, which is up a little bit on the screen, remember? Mm, yeah. That works really well. But when you're sort of moving all over the screen, it's just another, like a bullet hell kind of game. And it's, it's, it's nothing to do with Gallagher, really. Yeah, no. I got rid of it. Rubbish. Yeah. Oh, I guess fantastic news, this. Right, Those... you talk about this, and I'll berate it. <laughs> the arcade. That's how we roll, kids. The old, the old uh, arcade one-up cabs are back. Not old, new. So let me Those put some. Th- let me put some sound effects in. Boo, sss, boo. The, the three-quarter size cabs. Yes. Apparently, have been such a hit. No, they that haven't. They're, they're making more of them. How many people do you know bought one? One. Oh, that's doing well in the UK then. Did he buy it on half price? Because that's how much they've been going for. No, I don't think he did. Ooh. And I've had I've had some. I was speaking to him either yesterday or the day before, and he's saying he bought it. He bought it for the cuteness and the side art and everything. He's already swapped out the sticks. Should have bought take, a Dino King. He's, he's taken the. Apparently, the PCB is a, is a tiny little square thing that's attached to the back of the LCD monitor. Yeah. So he's removed that. He's put a pie in it already. So he's got but rid of the screen as well. No, the screens. The screens there. You can just you can remove the. It's, oh, not, okay. not, it's not actually a, like you know welded in. You can just take it off, kind of thing. Yeah. Okay. But he says what they've done because he was looking at swapping the chips out. All the any information about the chip, you know what it is or the the power is removed. They're just black chips. Yeah, that's a common thing. I used to see that on bootleg boards years ago on PCBs. So, so he doesn't know what they are, but it's yeah. He, he likes it now for the. The sticks and stuff. What, the, stick, the sticks he put in himself, you mean? Yeah. Well, do I know this person? No, you don't know. He's a local at the club. Well, if he's good enough to change sticks around and, and remove stuff and, you know, mess about with monitors, he should have got himself a Dino King. Because all you need to do that is just jamatize it with a you know switcher, get a panel off me, put some sticks and buttons in it, put a, a PCB in it or a, a you know a computer with JPAC on it. And you'd have a fully-fledged arcade machine with a proper CRT monitor, nice and small. Yeah, you don't get the side out, though, do you? And it's plastic. You can put side out on it. Of course you can. Yeah, but... Yeah, loads of people have done that on their Dino Kings. They look lovely when they're done. Have you seen Martin's Asteroids one? Yeah, that's Martin lovely, Law's Smarty Martin's Asteroids is absolutely beautiful. He's actually got a proper black-and-white vector monitor and everything. And, you know, it's got the full, proper Asteroids hardware inside, just in a mini little cab. It's gorgeous. I played it somewhere. Was it Revival? I think it yeah, was it might Revival. have been. I think he did take it there, yeah. 
Yeah, awesome. and you can get you can get a Dino King for about three to three hundred and fifty pounds as well. Mm. And another what for another say hundred quid at the max to put all that stuff in it, and you'd have a fully fledged arcade machine, bony fidey arcade machine, and not that rubbish flat pack ten mil nonsense. You can see the audience, so can't you? You can see people who know nothing about machines, bit of bit of extra money because they're like in the forties. They're going to buy one of these. What, and then kneel down to it and get backache? Yeah. Honestly, then, Sean, they are awful. I don't, I, think, I, I don't think they're going to do very well because I think they had them in Costco because my wife sent me a picture of the Rampage one when she was in there a month or two ago. And when we went back a little while ago, oh, I'll have a look at those things. Gone. Not there. And I don't sold think out. they sold. I don't think they did. And I've got a, a lot of places in America, they've put them on, on, on knockdown price already. I think someone was getting for $99. And they started at two ninety nine, was it? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's not really. And I, I actually watched. I went on their website and watched their video of how to fit it together. And it is a really good video of how to put it together. It does not take a lot to put it together. It's got about I don't know twelve screws in it. That's it. And you just right. slot bits in, and you know, screw a few things. It was very like an IKEA kind of cabinet where you put it together. But it's just ugh, not very good. And apparently the joysticks and, and buttons that go on them are very poor to begin with. You think they could have mm. just splashed out a little bit of money and put some decent joysticks on there. Especially for that price. Remember that one in America we saw in that really nice game shop we went into? And it, yeah. I think the buttons were knackered on it already. They'd fe- they'd fell out or the joystick had fallen off or something. And it the wasn't joystick, even on. The joysticks had fallen through into the cab or they'd been removed, weren't they? Yeah. That is not great workmanship, is it? No, no. but they're doing... Mortal Kombat, Final Fight, Golden T, Space Invaders, and Karate Champ. And also, they're doing wall mount ones. Ooh. Yeah, but they're, which, only, they're skinny LCD things again, aren't they? They are, but they are not flat packed. You can just buy them as is. Oh, I don't like them. I know, but... Oh, give uh, it a thumbs down. Yeah, let's move on. Yeah. Yeah, it says on the website, Arcade one-up game cabinets look, feel, and play just like they're classic arcade games you remember. No, they don't. The classic games I remember are in my garage. They aren't 10 mil thick, flat plaque junk, and they don't have cheap 17-inch LCD screens in them with crappy buttons and sticks. So, up yours, Arcade 1UP. Hey, 1UP, up yours. Yes. 1UP yours. I reckon that company will be out of business in six months' time. Mark my words. Do you want to bet on it? Yeah. How about... A big packet of biscuits. Two packs of custard creams. I reckon they'll still be going because people will buy this or, stuff. Or you buy me some dark chocolate hobnobs. All right. So we'll give it till end of June, my birthday. All right. Well, we're obviously going to forget because we can't remember. So can a listener remind us around about June of this bet, please? You know the, the arcade, you know that those little machines have got quite a flat control panel? Mm. I wouldn't even put my coffee on there. Or dirty pants. <laughs> now you're talking about arcade conversions and little arcade machines here's some I definitely approve of you know those ones I got from Walmart that we dragged around Walmart for to try and find Fix-It Felix and Ms Pac-Man yes we went to four Walmarts was it yeah they've just released two brand new ones Gallagher awesome proper Gallagher not another rubbish phone stuff and guess what guess what Sean it's, <gasps> it's on here Dig Dug Dig Dug now, they're like $20, and 
someone on Twitter got in contact with me because I said, oh, is anyone going to America and pick them up for me? And someone kindly is, a friend of theirs is going to go over there. They go over there quite a lot. I think they work with one of the airlines and they're going to pick one up for me each. So I'm really happy about that. I can't wait to get them. Um, I also watched Willie from Arcade USA, Willie Culver. He's tested these on his YouTube channel already. Everyone go over there and watch his YouTube channel. It's absolutely brilliant, Arcade USA. And um, he reckons Gallagher's a bit janky. He's not sure what ROM it is. It's definitely not the arcade ROM. We don't think it's the NES version, which you usually are. Because the, the Beasties and Gallagher are firing at you diagonally. Right. You know what they do on Astro Fighter? They fire diagonal sometimes. It's like that. He said, that isn't right. So he's not happy with that one. But Dig Dug, absolutely perfect. He's playing Dig Dug like a champ on there. It's really nice. I cannot wait to get those. And I think they are numbers 8 and... Ooh. No, number 9... And seven, perhaps, because I thought one was missing. Because they were going to do Defender as number nine, and they couldn't get a license or something. It never came out. So I think that's what one of them is. Um, they're sort of getting the numbers together, and they've changed the boxes slightly. So I quite like them. Willie didn't like them too much. I quite like them. I think they look nice. Lovely. I won't be getting them because they're too small to play. And oh, do you know what? Yeah. They're not. They actually play quite nicely. The screen's too small for me. That's because you are a uh, short-sighted, simple-minded fool, sir. (laughs) (laughs) Have you been watching High Score Girl on Netflix? Yeah, how cool is that? I've I've only watched one, but they they obviously love the games that they're and they're giving you little tips on Street Fighter and Final Fight and I've checked with like a Street Fighter expert and they are actually right there's stuff I never I never knew about you know the collecting the on Final Fight you can collect gold uh, what is it like jewels and in, when you, when you instead of food stuff, yeah. yeah so what it is is High Score Girl is a Japanese anime obviously been um, subtitled into English for our, our the western audiences and it's on Netflix and it's about this lad who He's a bit of a bit of a loser. Doesn't do very well at school, which is a no-no in Japan. And he just goes to the arcade all the time. So I think it's set in like nineteen ninety. Yeah, ninety-one, isn't it? The first one, ninety-one, Street Fighter. So he goes to the arcade a lot, and and one of the girls there who's a bit of a square at school, who's very good at school, is there, and she kicks his ass on on Street Fighter, and he realizes she's a really good arcade player, but she doesn't really say anything to anyone. She's like this sort of super rich kid, and everyone likes her, but you know she doesn't really speak much. And she get, they get quite fond of each other, and they keep going to the arcade and playing and stuff. And what when you, it's, a, it's an animated cartoon anime, and when they're playing, and you see the screens, they've actually done a screen of the game. They've actually put it into the animation. They've sort of pasted it in, so you see mm. it looks a little bit different, but it's perfect arcade screen. And they tell you loads of really really cool facts and, and tricks about the games that I didn't know, know about. The thing about Final Fight, I didn't know. And no, the one about Street Fighter, I'm not a big big Street Fighter game, but I like it, but I'm not very good at it. I didn't realise there's certain things, but I think with Street Fighter 2, there is a lot of tactics. So if you're playing a certain character, there's ways of always beating another character. Mm. You know, there's different combat moves against each other. So if someone pulls a really hard move against you, you can sort of block it in a certain way, and each character's got their own way of doing things like that. You've got super moves and all that lot, and they've explained a few of them. And then in Final Fight, I didn't realise you could get if you did a certain move when you when you kicked a bin or you know something that opens up to 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 get the the goodies. Usually it's an apple or a chicken or whatever. Would you eat a chicken off the floor? Mm, I yeah. Well, if I was hungry in Final Fight, maybe. And yeah. yeah, you can you can get jewels, which gets your points up. So if you're playing for points, it's a good way of doing it. And my, my wife said, "Oh, you haven't done Final Fight, have you?" So that's the only one 
we've done on the podcast where I wasn't present because I was on holiday that time, and you and the Maximum Power guys did it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that's good. You didn't know about it, did you? No, I didn't know that. I didn't yeah. know that one. So it's 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 a bit of a bonkers, arca- uh, uh, bonkers anime anyway, as a lot of the Japanese animations are, but it's a lot of fun. I'm getting into it. But we can only mm. watch one at a time because it, it blows our minds. I know, it's very intense, isn't it? It is crazy. It is crazy, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Another one I got in contact with by a guy called Royce uh, from Royce's Arcade Warehouse. Now, um, I was contacted via email about a place in California, uh, Royce's Arcade Warehouse, and it's in a place called Chatsworth, California. And they're doing a Kickstarter to try and get all the arcade machines they've got in their arcade warehouse, uh, high scores online. They're doing their own high score thing like an online right. leaderboards. Um, check it out in the show notes, or if you live near Chatsworth, go along and check the place out. It looks to be quite a good arcade. It's in a big warehouse. It's like a 5,000-square-foot warehouse, and they've got a few hundred games, I think. And they've got all sorts of skee-balls and you know other arcade type games. But it looks quite a decent place. I like to go there. And I think the, the price of admission is quite cheap as well. They've also got an online store where you can buy little bits of arcade machines, and I think they make their own... You know, their own sort of new builds and all this sort of stuff as well. So check it out, kids. Well, that reminds me, I was speaking to last night, the owner of the National Video Game Museum in Holland. Oh, right, okay. He, he came over for a chat nice. with Andy and a, and a look around and that. And it sounds really good what, what he's got. He's got like, he said it's it's as big as Arcade Club, but on one floor. Right, there's loads. I think he's got 150 machines out, right. but he, he he has these rooms. Do you know, like the Computer History Museum when we were recording in that 1980s themed room? Yeah, he has rooms like that. So he's got like a, a 1980s and 1990s. Ooh. I said we'll have, to, we'll have to go over. It sounds really good, actually. It sounds really nice. Yeah, I love mm. I love a museum, and if it's got arcade machines and consoles in it, even better. Yeah, computers, consoles, and and 150 cabs, so it sounds really good. That does sound good, actually. I wonder what a trip to Holland would cost us. Mm. Probably about, I don't know, in custard creams, probably about two and a half million. Yeah, probably. Mm. So that's good. Recent pickups. Right, shall we start off with forgotten pickups first? Because I forgot a load of stuff I got last time. Because I'll get lots of things. I'm not, not writing them down and doing me notes, and I'm a simple-minded fool. <laughs> yeah. So first oh. ones I forgot about was um, a Turpin PCB, which is very similar to my favourite game, Turtles, uh, from Phil Murray last time where I, was see, I saw him. Uh, this version's got slightly funky colours and plays different tunes as you play the game, which is a bit odd version. Still awesome, though. I love it. Oh, nice. Uh, he gave me my bootleg plus alpha PCB back, which he fixed for me. Uh, it repaired the sound. The amp was uh, replaced and fitted properly. Because when I got it from the rubbish eBay sale, it was all over the place. He also gave me a bootleg Zenitone Microsec Space Invaders PCB. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Um, it doesn't work at the moment. Or I, I've got to find out the pin out. He's never had it go. It's quite a small, sin- single-layer PCB. And it runs on a Z80. Which is weird, because Space Invaders is an 8080 PCB, so I'm not sure they've done that. I'm quite interested to get that one going, so I might have to send it to someone knowledgeable who can work out the pinouts for me and maybe repair it. I'll have a do. I'll have a go at that. You're definitely not getting it. <laughs> uh, oh, another one I forgot about was a lovely personalised clear Vectrex cartridge with the ace little two-player game Snowball, 
where you chuck snowballs at each other. Right. Uh, and this snowball was made by the beautifully scented Chris CMP Parsons. I remember now. He put it on at Christmas, didn't he? On, on he did, yeah. media. And I've got number 46. And it actually says when you play the game, I think it's Happy Christmas 10 pence arcade. Wow, so that's me as well then. You can play it with me. Actually, when you come down next, you can play it with me because it's a two-player game. And I've got two joysticks. Cool. Lobster. I'd love to throw a snowball in your chops. <laughs> ha! In your face, Holly. Uh, another thing I got recently uh, is a Canad- another Canadian package from the Mad Island Pirate. Hello, Island Pirate. Uh, it consisted of a Grinker's T-shirt, because he he'd been at Grinker's Arcade, which I would like to go to one day. Uh, a Grinker's poster, Grinker's fridge magnet, a some chocolate bars, actually. It gave me a, a score bar, which is basically a dime bar, but bigger. Big Turks. Not big Turkish fellows. A big Turk chocolate bar. This is like <laughs> a chewy Turkish delight. It's absolutely... It's quickly becoming my favourite chocolate bar. And some orange crunch cheesy things. You know, those Cheetos he sends me, the hard crunchy things. They're nice. They mm. went straight away. As soon as I got them open, they were gone. Uh, nutty bars, which the wife liked. Uh, and a doggy painting. His wife, Sarah, who's an excellent artist, did a painting on a tiny canvas of our dog. It's absolutely wow. beautiful. We've got to get a, well, next time we go to IKEA, we're going to get a nice frame for it and put it near my, near my computer. It's awesome. It's really, really good. She's brilliant. And he also sent me some nasty Cornichon crisps. Which are like a weird pickle flavour, but not pickled onion. Oh, I didn't like those. Lime oh. pickle. Ugh. Do you not like lime pickle? No, it's disgusting. That's the thing I don't eat on curries. Nice, we like it. Oh, you're an idiot. I bet you like marmite had... as well. Uh, yeah, I've had some yeah. sweet lime pickle. Yeah, we went yeah. for a curry. You're wrong. It's nice. You're Is wrong it's... and you're going to hell. <laughs> okay. Uh, what else? Some more stuff. Sure, more stuff. I got four different coloured lengths of tea moulding for my Isis cabs. Light blue for Food Fight. Orange for the Konami Multi. Uh, green for the Bosconian. And red for the Berserk. And I'll have to buy some white for the uh, Donkey Kong as well when I do that. And that'll be all me Isis done. Until I buy some new ones. <laughs> yeah, they look, they'll look excellent together. They'll look really good. Because even those two that you got finished, Cuba and Bosconian, I think they'll look great. Mm, they do look nice. They look nice and colourful with the team mould as well. It does sort of set the games off a little bit. It's good. So I got those from America. No, no, sorry. I, didn't get them. I was going to get them from America. And I got them from a UK supplier. And they were a lot, more, a lot, lot more expensive than getting from America. But with the postage from America, that kills the deal. So you can't really do it. And you get hit by customs as well. But in the same package, I bought a Pac-Man Repro joystick. You know the Pac-Man joystick's got like a slightly knobbly ball top on them, red ball top? Knobbly? Yeah, they're slightly knobbly. They're, they've got like a sort of texture to them. They're not smooth. Got oh, sorry, yeah. Yeah, I was thinking of the actual shape. Yeah, so sorry. I, got, I got that because they're the same as the Bosconian ones, but I had to make it eight-way. So I had to machine out the, the gate on the inside, the, di- the diamond gate, sort of squarish shape, so it can go in, in eight directions. But the joystick on them are really, really short throw joysticks, really short. Mm. So I'm not sure if I'll yeah. use it or not yet, but it is a nice joystick, really cool feel to it as well. And uh, that is about it, I think, of interest. Have you been getting any stuff? Possibly. Possibly? Uh, You're looking round. I'm not sure. Might have got some things. I can't remember. Might have. Uh, I see. I see you've come well prepared to the podcast at <laughs> half past six in the morning. You idiot. 
<laughs> now, this is usually, and it is today, the biggest section of the podcast. This is the feedback. Listener feedback. And the first one I've come across, and I'm going to have to do this one, and probably the Go next on. one, Go because on. it's my friend Sil. Now, cue the music. Look what you've come across flicking through an old edition of Retro Gamer Bank. While sat on the bog, <laughs> or being on the toilet seems the right place for it to be. And it's uh, a, an article on The Cliffhanger, Edward Randy, which was our favourite game of 2018, wasn't it, Sean? It was great. Mmm. <laughs> the listeners thought not. Yeah, so it's a big, big thing. If you want to know about Cliffhanger, listen to our podcast and possibly read that article in game retro gamer also from sol and this was replying to sol's theme you know i usually put the the dvorak music which is the old hovis bread advert from the 70s underneath his his voice mm. well i've done differently this time but um this is what he said on there because I, I said it was sol's theme <laughs> that's yes it's a little known fact that dvorak wasn't actually a czech but he was really born in Tintbath in a red brick back-to-back terrace in Otley. So it's all come full circle with a Yorkshire connection. And Mark Kay, replying to above, I believe Mark Kay is a northerner as well. Balls, Zvorak wasn't born in, born in Uddersfield in a paper bag at Middle Road. Tintbath, Otley story, comes from its early holidays where they had enough money to go to Bridlington. <laughs> oh, right, enough sorry. making fun of northerners. <laughs> Carry on. So. Sorry, Sol. Anyway, Stuart Time Warp. Hey, guys, I've been a little quiet of late, but listening here quietly in the background. Firstly, a massive thank you for another year of great podcasts. The guarantee of, of at least one day a fortnight, my commute is far less boring. I sometimes wonder what other drivers think of me sat in the tra- sat at traffic lights chuckling to myself. That would be good, wouldn't it? Oh, look, they've gone green. They've gone red. They've gone green. They've gone red again. Yeah. Secondly... Among my usual collection of Christmas gifts of underpants and Lynx box sets was a tin of Danish butter cookies. I've not had mm. these since I was a kid and wondered what you guys think of these, as I've not heard you discuss them before. I like shortbread. I like any any kind of cookie like that with lots of butter. With a buttery in. biscuit base. Base, 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 buttery biscuit base. Needs more. Oof, 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 oof. Yeah. Next, I'd like to apologise to Vic for giving him a bad experience on prop cycle. As it he, wasn't as just. As you mentioned a couple of podcasts ago, the optical sensor that measures the speed you pedal at had, had acquired a blob of greasy black stuff and wasn't working 100%, I thought that. Ah, so it wasn't us, us being crap. We actually had an mm. excuse. Clean we'll it. use that. We'll use that in future. It works great now. Sorry about that. Finally, on to your featured game, Edward Randy. Somehow, despite you being obviously unimpressed with it, your description of it still made me wish I'd joined the challenge. This happens most fortnights, so my New Year's resolution is to finally get MAME running on my laptop so I can join in more regularly. Thankfully, I have a 60 and 1, so we'll be submitting a gyroscore. Hope you all have a great 2019. P.S. Did your censorship bot miss a naughty word just after one minute? One hour twenty when describing Strikers nineteen forty five. No, it's still bollocks. Oh, okay. Mark, happy dude. Um, Victor, new quiz idea for you. Which arcade cab is where in Arcade Club UK? I think it is one that Sean Holly needs to do some research on. He'd probably do better than the bonus question. Who is still playing them on Saturday, fifth January twenty nineteen, etc. He asked me where was Matt Cross in the arcade. 
it's a shooter called Macross, a bit bonkers. Yeah. And I said, it's not there anymore. It's been replaced by S. Galuda. Yeah. And he didn't believe me, so I had to take a photo of it and send it to him. Ah. Chris Plus Plus, happy to hear that you enjoyed the trip to America. I really like listening to almost the surreal combination talk you guys had with the Pie Factory guys. I certainly hope Alex is feeling better. He yeah, is, he is. Mm. It's cool that you're going to be covering games that have non-standard controls. Now you'll get to do Mad Planets, Crater Raider, etc. Mm. Since you've asked, here's what is just one listener vote. I think you had a great idea when you mentioned including an, an alternative game during each relevant episode. That way, any listener who wanted to compete but couldn't use the proper controls could instead choose to play the game that was simpler, more easier to replicate at home controls. I think that would be more appealing than just doing away with the high score league for every oddly controlled game you cover i've only got one question about it let's just say you're featuring for instance robotron would it be valid if i were to submit a score after playing it with something very unlike the arcade controls which is a twin analog logitech or an xbox controller or will you require as close to the cab setup as possible thanks again for everything you two for the work you two do for the worldwide gaming community chris plus plus uh, i think using a, a twin stick our control pad would be fine, wouldn't you? Yeah, and I could do it on Raspberry Pi, I think. It depends. Yeah. It depends really what you're used to playing with. But I think if you would, I think if you played it on a, or if I played on control pad with twin sticks, I think I'd be worse than playing with two joysticks. So, yeah, I think it'd be fine. It'd be fine. Mm. You just just play the game. It doesn't matter if you because you're not really getting an advantage, are you? You're not going to be, oh, well. be shooting any more accurately with, with two thumbsticks than, than two joysticks. It'd be exactly the same, I'd have thought. Yeah, it all depends what you're used to, doesn't it? Yeah. But using auto-fire, and so that, that's a bit of a cheat. Mm. We, know, we know one of our, uh, our listeners who trolls us a lot on, on Twitter uses auto-fire a lot, doesn't he? He does. Use it, yeah, mm, he just uses yeah. it constantly. Mm, yeah. Mm, 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 yeah, yeah. So that sort of thing is a bit of a cheat. But otherwise, you know, you're not cheating using different controllers. It's fine. If you went to an mm. arcade... Um, a game might be in, in a conversion cab, might have a completely different jo- joystick or different kind of feel button. So that's absolutely fine, Chris Plus Plus. Mm. Richard Broadhurst. I've not heard from him for a little while. Hi, Victor. Still loving the show. Did I mention that I think yours was the first podcast I've listened to? Uh, when does the Tempe Travel Agency open its doors to international arcade tours? I came across a nice video of many arcade games. And I put on the notes. And thought maybe people could write in with their favourite year and a couple of favourite games from the year to round out your best game by year spot. And he's also just started new BBC B games. You know, he's an excellent programme on BBC Bs. Uh, I've put the link in the show notes and it says maybe one to get your co-host onto a Beeb. Have you seen this, Sean? I have. It looks, as ever, very accurate. Without um, saying very- the name of the game, could you describe what the game looks like? Yeah, you like, you, you patrol the moon. Like, you, you, you kind uh-uh. of... You jump at you. You are patrolling a moon surface, but I, I won't say what the game is. No, it looks good though, doesn't it? He's got it yeah, really yeah. good so far. There's little videos of it working, and he's going to have to tell me how to put it onto my BBC drive so I can play it. I don't think it's finished yet. Stick, stick it on with glue. That'll work. Yeah. Andrew Hannay, you need to check out Image Fight Vertical Shooter. It's halfway between a bullet L and 1942, so I know one of you will like it. Played that one? I think so. I think I've played Image Fight. The name rings a bell. Moons ago. Ding-a-ling, yeah. ding-a-ling, ding-a-ling. That's my bell being rung. This is Ben Australia. This is his real name, Ben Australia. Ben I from lo- Australia or Ben of Australia? No, just Ben Australia, I think. Okay. 
Uh, and he's from Australia. I love your podcast and have a burning question. Vic mentioned he made a joystick for a friend that he used with his PC and MAME, and I absolutely cannot find a simple compact stick and a two-button device for a PC. I don't want a giant double stick with 16-button monstrosity. The closest I can find is monster joysticks, but these <laughs> are uh, as, as far as I can tell. They only work with a C64, Atari, etc., but the form factor is right on. So, Vic, can you recommend something? Thanks, guys. Ben Australia. Right, Ben. Australian Ben, I'll call him. Uh, I, I did actually reply in his, I think it was on Facebook, I can't remember now what it was. But if you like that monster joystick you're talking about, you could, if it's not too expensive, you could buy it, take the actual wire off that goes to a 9-pin D-plug for the old-style Commodore 64 Ataris, and you could put one of those zero-delay PCBs in it. And just wire that to your buttons and your stick, and that goes to USB. That's, and they're quite small little PCBs, so you can probably attach it inside the actual box with some hot glue or whatever, or just you know wrap it in something that's non-conductive so it doesn't touch anything, and just use that. That's the easiest way. But I also gave them an idea. You can actually buy on eBay. I'm not sure about Australia, but I presume they have alternatives. You can actually buy empty joystick boxes. They've already been you know pre-drilled out for your holes and everything. They usually got eight buttons on there, a joystick and eight buttons for the you know the console stuff. But what you can do is you just wanted to put three buttons on there. You can buy button blankers and just blank the buttons off. It looks really neat. Mm. So that's you could do that and then obviously put a zero delay inside because a zero delay works like a USB joystick and buttons. So that works really nicely. That's what I that's what I do with my one. I've got an old Hori Tekken joystick from the old PlayStation yeah. era, and I got it off someone who'd already hacked it and made a right mess of it. And I replaced the top plate just with a three-button pattern for holes, and I put a, I think it's a Simitsu I got in there, and, and candy cab buttons. Very, very simple to do. Anyone could do it. It's really easy, because you know the holes, I think I, I made the top plate, but these ones he's talking about have already got the holes in, so you wouldn't have to drill anything, just you need to replace joysticks and buttons and, and, the, um, and the, the PCB that actually talks to the computer. That'd be an easy way of doing it. Yeah, and remember, kids, the old addict measure possibly a little bit, cut your heart, heart's content. Don't cut your heart, because <laughs> you would not be content with that. So hopefully, Ben Australia, when you've actually done your joystick, send us a picture, we'll have a look. Mm. This next one's from Scott Tiller, also from the land of Oz. Good day, fella. Do you want to do this? In, can you do an Aussie accent? I can, but they, I'm sure the Aussies hear that too much. They do, yeah. So yeah. Good, good day, fellas. Good day. You've, <laughs> you've got another Aussie listener on the podcast. But I wanted to give you a, a, a cheery cheers and a hello. Uh, what what a cheery cheers to you and so from this aussie listener i'm 45 years old and i've always been keen on computer games and all types of only having owned a c64 as a lad and no other gaming platforms whatsoever until i got a wii about 10 years ago and i've always been into arcade but despite owning several older generation consoles nothing retro i've never had the time or concentration span to give them more than 10 minutes of my life on a saturday night sitting on the couch i know what you mean having tinkered with pc based Mame over the years. About 12 months ago, I, dis I discovered the Raspberry Pi and all the awesomeness of a renewed obsession with the arcade emulation began. Even built a cab for home, which was the, which the wife allows in the living room because she's a wonder boy. 
a wonder boy playing god of a woman and so stumbling around the interwebs i've discovered several podcasts that not only justify but encourage me to never ever grow up yes. <laughs> kind of like benjamin button type of thing but only in my head in your head and your little podcast is well and truly at the top of my listening queue thank you beauty of retro gaming podcasts like yours is that everything is about 30 to 40 years old anyway so listening to older podcasts is totally legit so thanks fellas always giving me a chuckle and making me aware of the many classic arcade games the good the bad and the ugly favorite games anything metal slug and anything classic just love seeing history replayed nice one Jeremy Riley, uh, Gyrus, another neglected by me at least classic. Thanks for inspiring me to have a few goes. I initially struggled with the controls. Mapping a spinner-like requirement to a joystick seems odd, but after a while, it seems fairly natural. Mm. Ah. Chris CNP. Now then, another top show, improving every time. I enjoyed the America trip stuff over Christmas too. We'll try to play a few more games this year. Had a quick few goes on Gyrus, although the sound on the 61 is painful, it is. Wish it was on the arcade SD, which seems an odd omission. I think it's a good idea having extra games where the controls are specialists, just to make up those shows extra long, instead of skipping other bits like news and pickups. No one minds an extra long podcast from time to time. I think you'll find the person who edit it does. The editor, yeah. Mm. For Sheriff, where you don't have the original controls, I, rec- I reckon Robocon- Robotron controls would be better than Berserk ones. Although, it might make it a bit easy. I love the cooker knob mechanism anyway. Vic, you told Sean off for forgetting the biscuit present, but didn't you forget to mention a Christmas gift you received in the pickups? No, clear... I mentioned it earlier. Ha ha. Ah, clear cart-shaped present. A personalised game and a present. Maybe you should have given it to Sean. Well done, Sol, on high score, second place, a.k.a. first place in the regular People Championship. And, of course, well done to Charlie Farr on first place again. Thanks to the 3D printed Vectrex stand. Thanks for the 3D printed Vectrex stand. Oh, yes, I made that for him. At the rate Thomas is going with these, these static binary translation ports to Vectrex, Vectrex I, may, I may need several more. Maybe one for each of my Vectrexes. Vectrex I. Vectrex I. You mentioned the amazing Samba de Amigo. I was set up at the next Parkade meet, this game, if the Dreamcast is still working. I played that on Dreamcast. I've not. It looks good, though. It looks fun. Yeah. And the Vectrex stand I made from it, so you can put your Vectrex on its side and play Asteroids properly, because they released Asteroids Arcade, which is the actual arcade ROM running on a Vectrex, and Tail Gunner, and they're both brilliant. So hopefully some more of those games will be coming out for the Vec Fever. It only works in the Vec Fever, and I'm lucky enough to have a Vec Fever. Oh, Fever. When you hit me, Fever right in the face. Fever! Uh, next link is from Paul Strifle. Who likes uh, trifle? <laughs> yes, but he says he says he, he just he said he was. Is this is a tweet? Well, I happened to do a random search for Jairus and found the ten p score from across the pond. Done by tro being done by Tronads and Ten Pets Arcade. Not bad fella, not bad fellas, but I'm late and on a different rule set. Have some gorgeous cocktail, please. This is a picture of a Jairus cocktail. Have you seen this? No. Plate playing as well okay looks really good he says he's gyrus world record holder apologies if i've i don't know anything about you paul sorry mate oh nice one paul yeah cool that's cool isn't it yeah a gyrus cocktail a minty one as well Mm, we should put a picture of that on the web show on web notes Mm. 
Friendly shout-outs. I haven't got any shout-outs this week. Last time on the shout-outs, I said the Retro League may have been the longest-running podcast before it ceased. But I was listening to a Retro Gaming Roundup. They do five- to seven-hour podcasts once a month, by yeah, the way. Yeah, I can't be dealing with that. And they deserve a shout-out. They will be running for ten years in February. Ten years. So they're actually retro themselves now. Yeah. Mm. But if they're doing one a month, they'll be up to like 120. Millions. Millions. No, just 120 podcasts one a month, isn't it? Ten years. Mm. Anyway. <laughs> and all the people that have... Uh, Shout-outs to other people that have come up to me at the club to say hello. You know who you are. You know who you are. I've forgotten who you are. Hi. In the club. Yeah. In the club. I forgot the music anyway. Right, let's put our mysterious Japanese lady on again, helping us out with a bit of Japanese. And this week is the Dodon Patchy series. This is Don Patchy series, isn't it? The first game. First one's Don Patchy, yeah. Yeah. And how would you say that, Sean? Uh, just how would you say it and why? Don Patchy. Dodon Patchy. ドドンパチ。ドドンパチ。ドドンパチ。ドドンパチ。ドドンパチ。ドドンパチ。ドドンパチ。ドドンパチ。ドドンパチ。ドドンパチ。ドドンパチ。ドドンパチ。ドドン
Block Kazushi. Have you seen this from a company called Tamsoft? It's a nice yeah. blockbusting game. Looks like PlayStation Arcade hardware, the Namco hardware. Mm. No, not seen that. And we've got Capcom versus NMK. NMK? SNK. Millennium Fight. There's been a f- there was a few of these starting this year, like Marvel versus Capcom and all that kind of thing. Capcom versus the Bin Man. That's a good one. Crazy Street Fighter clones, basically. But yeah. I'm sure the the fighting population will give us grief for that because they're probably very very different tactics. Yeah, class of '81 from Namco, Miss Pac-Man, Gallagher, and a secret Pac-Man game in there. Oh yeah, you can play Ms. Pac-Man, can't you? And all the speed up versions. Yeah, yeah, there's lots of little bits, which they should do, really, because if you're buying a, a, a cab in, what was this, 2000, playing a 20-year-old game, you need to have a bit more in it, don't you? Oh, yeah, yeah, the speed-up versions are much better as well. I much prefer them. Mm. There's loads of Dance Dance Revolution and Beat Mania games coming out this year, loads of them, so it was really kicking off. Yeah, that's where the arcades sort of went downhill for me. They sort of went into that kind of thing. Not my thing at all. Mm. Uh, there's one you missed here, Dimahoo. Which is an eighteen rising game. Oh yeah. This this one is actually an awesome bullety hell vertical shoot 'em up. It's quite a good one, Dimahoo. And you also missed, you call yourself a shooter, Dragon Blaze by Sikio. I I didn't miss it, but I keep putting Sikio ones in. So I, I actually wanna... this is a bit weird, a bit of a role reversal. I can't believe you missed it. And it actually looks okay. So I had a quick, quick go of it. And it's better than their other games, I reckon. It does play really well. Uh, Not but so bad, it, that one. It's because their games make me sick, normally. <laughs> it does turn into typical Sikio later on when the ball oh, is fast. Yeah, yeah, but it is great. Yeah, yeah. Maybe I'll play it I, for five minutes then. I didn't put it in because I thought you were getting bored with Sikio games. Anyway, Gauntlet, Legacy, Dark. Dark Gauntlet's Legacy. Legacy, Dark Legacy, Midway, that's another one. Guilty Gear X. This is Sony. when, you missed that, that's when Midway took over Atari. Mm. Because it's usually yeah. Gauntlet was an Atari game, but um, I like the later Gauntlet games. I think they're really good. Guilty Gear X from Sammy, highly praised series began here. There's quite a few of them. Tons Did, of them. Didn't Sammy buy Sega or Sega bought Sammy? Something like that. Here's another one I didn't even realise existed on arcade hardware. Gunpie. And this is um, from Bandai Banpresto. It's an awesome puzzle game originally on the Wonderswan. It's one of my favourite games on the Wonderswan. It's a really cool little puzzle game where you. You match lines across the screen to get across the screen. It's a really cool game. You ever played Gunpei? No, I don't think so. If you find someone's got a Wonder Swan or next to one of those little um, gaming expos we go to and there's a Wonder Swan, have a go of it. It's a really cool little game. I've got it. It's really smart. Mm. Mars Matrix from Takumi. It's one of the one of the many spin-offs from Toa Plan. Nice rendered graphics and multiple use, uses of a single fire button. It's very clever how they've used... You can you tap the button fast, you hold the button, you hold and release the button, and it's all on the single fire button for different, you oh, know. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. I know Mars I'm, Matrix, but I didn't know it was that weird like that. I've never been so keen on it, actually. Massive graphics and massive ship and that, but it still looks all right. Also got Metal Slug 3 from SNK. Metal Slug were in their stride with, with slugs that were metal in this Top year. game. Mighty Pang from Mitchell. This is the fourth Pang in the series. You've got Pang, Pang 2. Oh, my God, it's Pang again. And Mighty Pang. Yeah. Ms. Pac-Man struck Gallagher 20th anniversary. Um, this must be the next one to Class of 81, released in the same year. 
But this is a multi-million selling games on one cabinet. So I presume you've got the, the two games and the speed-up versions and the hidden Ms. Pac-Man on this as well. Or maybe it's just another name for Class of 81. I don't know. I think it is. Mm. It is, I think. You missed Mr. Driller 2 there. <gasps> you were supposed to do that. Mr. Driller 2 is absolutely awesome. Namco, now it's two-player and awesome. A better game, actually, from Namco was Ridge Racer 5 Arcade Battle in this year. No, it wasn't. Even though I've never played it, it's a racer, so it's got to be better than Mr. Driller. Did it have any drilling action in it? No, so it isn't. Uh, there's no. guys by the side of the road drilling as you drill the holes. Yeah, but are they drilling blocks that look like they're made out of cakes? Uh, uh, you can't see. They might be cake well, holes. Well, <laughs> I think not. <laughs> Sega Strike Fighter by Sega, strangely enough. Who would have thought it? Three screen version immediately gave me motion sickness when I played it at Galloping Ghost. I'm oh, really dear. bad at motion sickness. If I turn my head quick now, I feel dizzy. <laughs> Give yourself whiplash. Ah. <laughs> Star Wars Racer Arcade. I've got a soft spot for this. I quite liked it. I hate it's, it. it. It's based on pod racing um, from Phantom Menace. And I think. I played it quite a bit on PC. I think that's why I liked it. I had, I must have had a weird setup with a, with a full joystick arcade machine in my house I've forgotten about. That, um, anyway. that film, Star Wars Phantom Menace, brings me out in hives. I've got a soft spot for it because my, my little boy was a little boy and he, he watched it 712 times. I bet, so I I bet he hates it now, though. I don't think he even remembers it, to be honest. Typing of the Dead from Sega. I thought this was only a Dreamcast game, but looking at it, it was a cab with a full keyboard on it. How mental is that? It's got two keyboards on it. I've played it. Yeah. It's I insane. I didn't know that. I played the Japanese version, so I had no, tr- no chance of even getting a one word right on it. <laughs> yeah. it's, a Jap- it's a Japanese keyboard, and I just don't know. No. No. Maybe our mysterious Japanese lady could play it. Yeah. Mm. Visara from Visco, a great little shooter, typical shooter for the time. Nice little space bullet hell-ish bullet nice. hell. Nice. We've got some odd two here. There's two odd bootlegs to note. There's a game called Mr. Dig from Sun. Not Sun Electronics, just Sun. Uh, it is a total Mr. Driller ripoff. Surely Namco sued the nads off this. It looks just like a reskin of the first Mr. Driller game. It's exactly the same, but with different graphics. They must have mm. gone mental for that. Oh, it's the same thing with Puckman Pokemon. Have you seen that? It's actually no. spelt like I just said it. Puckman Pokemon. It's like a... They use the graphics from Pac-Man and Pokemon on the title page. You've got a Pikachu on the back of a Pac-Man or something. And you think that... I think I think Nintendo owned Pokemon at the time. They are a different company that do Pokemon, but I think they owned it at the time. You think Namco and Nintendo would go mad for that and, and just crush it? Maybe it was pulled from the arcade and they just got the ROMs on, on MAME. I don't know. Could be, could be. But there's no way that would get around nowadays. Um, what, what were your favourites from 2000? What was your favourite game from 2000 out of that list? I'm going to say Vasara. I need, I need to play that more. It's a bit bonkersy Japanese. Oh, no, it's not the space shooting one. I think it's the bonkers Japanese one with the flags that come up when you, when you that the banners when you kill stuff. I think that's the one. I might be getting this mixed up, you know. I know the name. I don't know if I've played it. Um, my favourite's got to be Mr. Rilla too because I love the Mr. Rilla series. And if we did 2001, I'd probably love Mr. Rilla G because that came out then. It's yeah, a we're fine going, game that is. I think we're going to leave it there, kids. Yeah. Yeah. The list is getting been, shorter and shorter, isn't it? It's been a good run. Mm. We've had fun. Yeah. Bye. Bye.
Wouldn't it be fun if we just cut the podcast off now? Just boo. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Arcade Master Quiz. This is a mastermind quiz, and because yours was so tough last time. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, well, it was for me. I'm making this one tough as well. Vic, we have a pretend two minutes to do this. Uh-oh. Are you ready? Yeah, pretend tension. Uh, some of it might be easy, actually. Number one, what is the confusing name of the fourth game in Atari's Sprint series? You had Sprint 2, Sprint 8, Sprint 4. What was the fourth game? Championship Sprint? No, Sprint 1. Oh, really? It was actually the one-player version, then? Yeah, okay. 1978. Number one, number two, Astro Fighter was developed by which company? Astro Fighter. Gremlin. Data East. Oh, was it really? Yeah. Oh. What was the what was the unusual what was unusual about the Konami's nineteen eighty game, The End? What was strange about it? I can I can explain the game. Yeah, go on. The little creatures come down and they take the blocks from your um things you hide behind and they take them away. And if you don't shoot them, they take them away and they spell out the word the end. That's it. And that's when you die. Can I get a bonus point? Because the French one says fin. No. Oh. Okay. Here's a good one. True or false? Cosmos, a 1981 game by Century Electronics, featured an energy bar. True or false? Oh, come on. True. Yes. Yeah. God. Yeah, I like that question. That's a good question. Yeah. Good question. <laughs> I like that one. Yeah. What do you do in the first screen of the 1982 Taito game, Doc Man? What do you do in that first screen? Oh, oh. You. You. You catch parcels being dropped down from a crane. Yes! I've played Doc Man, I remember it. Way Cargo, but yeah, I'll give you that. What was the alternative name given to Namco's Pack and Pal? It was also called something else. Pa- Pac-Man and... Chomp Chomp. Yes! Doing well, doing well. Battle Road from IREM is what kind of game? Uh... Like a run and gun kind of game. No, but you it's... hit people. You don't hit. You don't shoot them. You run around and hit them. No, it's an overhead racing game. Oh, is it? Like Road Fighter, but with bullets. <laughs> awesome. Tatsumi's 1985 game Buggy Boy was known as what in America? Buggy Challenge. Speed Buggy. Oh. Ooh, Gigas, G-I-G-A-S, was a 1986 Arkanoid clone made by what famous company? Gigas, Gigas, Gigas. Sega. Yes! Mm. Five. Right, last one. How many buttons are used to control Ninja Shinobi? Three. Yeah, attack, jump, and magic. So actually, you got six out of ten there. Yes, you did very well. I don't think we've ever got more than six each, have we? I don't think I got nine once. No, you didn't. I did. Yeah, we nine out of eighty-seven. We didn't record it because it was too good. Yeah, yeah, I got rid of it because I'm like that. Me. <laughs> it's, it's like when I when I doctor the scores when we when we do the games and, and I, I doctor the scores so I get eighteenth place. Yeah, that's true. That's trolling you again, isn't it? Yeah. Okay, kids. Feature game review. 
Gyrus. It's rubbish. Konami, 1983. It's still rubbish. Monroe stick. It can't be rubbish. Using one button. Designed by my hero, Yoshiki Okamoto, who did, among other things, Time Pilot, 1942, Sun Sun, Final Fight, Street Fighter 2, Forgotten Worlds, Resident Evil 1. Listen to podcast number 24 way back when for our biography on him. It's advanced hardware for the time and includes a Z80 at 3 MHz and an M6809 at 2 MHz for the graphics and loads of sound chips allowing for stereo sound, which was almost unique at this time. I don't know if it was the first one with stereo sound. Definitely not, but um, there wasn't many games that used stereo, not many at all. Also licensed to Century and it came in a kit form from Konami. And before we start, we've had at least 120 jokes about Uranus already. Ho, ho, ho. On, you know, three warps to Uranus. <laughs> Get into Uranus. Oh, so we're not going to do them, are we? No. No. Maybe. No, it's quite poor. Mm. Anyway. Why don't you tell us how to play this terrible game? Yeah, it's not terrible. Often, descri- often described as Tempest meets Gallagher, Gyrus is a spinny bad boy made of magic. <laughs> or, or Tempest pooped out a game and Gyrus was its name. <laughs> this game is old school in the fact that it's only a one button game and that in one minute of playing it you've seen all the bad guys there is like Space Invaders there's no repetitive no bad guys yeah so why carry on well there's a clever mm, progression system that's why and it has you flying from planet to planet so you want to see the next planet but on Tra- our notes it says flying from plant to planet <laughs> it does yeah so are you sure it's not just a plant-based game? Flying from Daffodil to Venus. Yes. Yeah, this is what keeps the interest in the game, I think. Anyway, mm. take it away, Vic, with the clever yet bonkers backstory. Your journey to Earth begins on the cold, dark planet Neptune, almost three billion miles away. You are in command of the ship Gyrus through its journey and circular orbit of each planet. The adversary, Exarians, Patarians, Terrarians and Gigarians, all members of the evil Ideo Clan Empire, stand ready to end your mission before it begins. The confrontation. A distant glow in the centre of me universe emerges. Me universe. Do you know what I did with this? Yeah. I scanned I scanned the flyer and then put it through one of them OCR software readers. Right. So it might not be me universe, it might be the universe. The enemy attacks with interplanetary force. My voice is not going to let. You fire away while moving through your orbital path. Take a chance. Every four stages you enter the chance stage, you are invulnerable to the powerless Zygmas and Dogmas. It's your chance to greatly increase your score. 23, count them, 23 stages. From Neptune you saw to... Uranus, Saturn, <laughs> Jupiter, Mans, no, it's Mars. Oh my word, I didn't check this today. And with luck and a great deal of skill, you return safely to Earth. A total of 23 stages make up this dynamic game. It's dynamic. Everything you ever wanted in a video game from A to Z, from action to Zygmas, this game has it all. And let's not forget about quality, because we never do. Thanks, Sol. Yeah, cheers, Sol. Sol came in on the end there for us, didn't yeah, he? So we're making so, such yeah. a bad job of it. We yeah. have to bring a, about to bring a bloke from Yorkshire in. 
Nice. Yes. So, kids, you know, everyone knows Gyrus. It, do you know it came 13th in our top 50? that you can't it's, it's printed on interwebs mm, set in stone it's a outside shooting in what they call a tube shooter a tube and shooter there's not many of them there's not many tube shooters i don't know why because they all seem to be good tempest gyrus that's there's it one, there's one called tube panic which i quite like because it uses Ooh. clever clever graphic effects but it is bit easy for a start anyway you control the ship you get four or five ways of circling bad guys that come out from the center of the screen and you shoot them all you get points for shooting them in for getting uh, shooting all the formation you get asteroids that spin towards you and you if you stay in the same place they will kill you so it's always making you move which is clever and you've got satellites with a radio wave i think it is that comes between them that sort of comes out from the center of the screen making a a barrier if you shoot each side of the satellite or even one side the the radio wave or barrier disappears so what happens if it gets to the top does it kill you no oh so pointless enemy that one then no it blocks off after well say an eighth of the screen as it comes out absolutely pointless no it's a baddie it's, it's 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 getting in the way baddies do that rubbish and you get blue wobblies i think that's what they're called definitely blue wobblies that come out come out three of them in a row shoot them all oh actually shoot the middle one it's the planet and it's the planet and it gives and, you double shots yeah like, double like shots. in gallagher they've nicked a lot of ideas from gallagher here and if you you have got double shot you get three blue wobblies Yes. Anyway, you get a chance stage after the, after on stage three, and then every four stages afterwards, you warp to planet four, every four planets. The chance stage is like Gallagher, where we have to hit forty. I think yeah, it's forty ships in in like an attack formation. So that's definitely borrowed from Gallagher. Stolen. Yeah. So you got you go from through these planets. You Neptune, Uranus, Saturn, Jupiter, Mars, and then Earth. You reach Earth. It's a lovely planet graphic Earth. They're all lovely planet graphics. And the difficulty eases slightly after you go through Neptune after Earth. It eases so then you can build up your points again. And Tronads reckons it maxes maxes out in difficulty around level 78. <laughs> There's no way I'm getting to 78. God. It's nicer to play with a proper stick, but you can kind of emulate it by thinking of your controller. This is the thing. If you think of your controller as a 720 degrees kind of controller, you know, where you rotate it. Yeah. That really helps. That so would don't... work because that joystick is actually custom made for that game. Mm. And it actually works on a pivot point. Whereas the joystick, which I will tell you about in a minute, does not do that. So that's what I've been doing. And if you, as long as you've got that in your head, you're not getting stuck in the you know, in the like left and right and bottom left and bottom right extremities of the screen. Yeah. Anyway, I played it on 
at arcade club obviously and it's far better to play but you can get around it by thinking think 720 kids yeah and can you describe vic a monroe stick is it all cantilevers and pulleys as i believe it to be well if you thought about the 720 degrees stick that has actually got a big chain attached to it does it yeah it's a really weird overly engineered thing it's really bizarre and it sits on a weird angle, a 720 degrees joystick. Not 720 degrees, probably about 30 degrees. Well, a Munro stick is a horrible thing. I'd look at it, and I didn't realise. I have seen one before in the flesh, but I forgot about it. I actually had to pull up some pictures and I'd look at it. It's just a stamped-out piece of metal with um, bent-out tabs to hold the leaf switches. It's just four leaf switches, like a regular joystick. And it hasn't really got much of a body to it. It's only got sort of a top piece. But... The bit that makes it different to other joysticks, it's got a kind of bearing-shaped washer that sits mm-hmm. in a flange, in a rounded flange, and allows you to turn a joystick like stirring crab soup with a stupid spoon. <laughs> so a Sanwa or a Sumitsu joystick would work exactly the same way, just if you put a round gate on it. There's nothing special with this. It's a leaf switch joystick. With, it sort of rotates on a pivot. That's all it is. Rather than having a spring, mm-hmm. I'm not sure how it quite rotates. There's no springs involved with it, but it's sort of just sits in a in a flange. Mm. I think I think it's just held in there and you just rotate it. And it's got quite a thick stick to a Monroe stick. It's quite thick. But it's it's nothing special. And it's used in Time Pilot as well, another one of Okamoto's games. Yeah. I think maybe only them too. Is there ever another one that had these sticks? I don't think so. And and the kit if it, it might have come with a Monroe stick for a kit maybe. But I wouldn't have thought the Japanese would put that in their candy cabs or or their Back in those days, it wouldn't have been candy cabs. It would have been cocktail cabinets. They would have just mm. put a normal joystick in, I would have thought. Yeah. Don't, don't actually need a Monroe stick to play it at all. Because I'm, I'm sure not people, many people have them at home. Yeah, they're very rare now anyway, aren't they? Quite expensive to buy. Yeah, I wouldn't. I think they're horrible looking things. I could make mm. a better one than that. Go on, start making them. No. Okay. Anyway, tips and secrets... Tronads did a live stream, which we sh- we shall link to. And even though he was struggling with the lag because he was record, uh, what do you call it, streaming it at the same time, he still got like four hundred thousand. So there's a lot of tips Cripes. there. Rotate the joystick in your hand as described above. Mm. And don't fret, pet. I can't do a Geordie accent. Do not fret, your... pet. <laughs> do not fret, fret, love. If you lose a life. Because you can get your double shot back pretty quick. There's always another one on the way, providing you get... Providing there's more than three fighters left on the stage, the blue wobblies will appear again. So, you're all right there. As with all shoot 'em ups learn the enemy attack patterns. With this game, you can almost kill all the baddies before they enter the screen, if you know where to position yourself. So, because it's a round screen, I've been writing notes, you know, like 6 o'clock, 3 o'clock. Yeah, seven o'clock kind of thing. Just to, that's just for the bonus levels, really. But it does help. Yeah, I, I can't be memory. bothered. I cannot be bothered to write them down. Mm. Also, when the blue wobblies come out and it's manic, you know, you're on the later stages. You, you get the five attack waves, and then the blue wobblies appear. So if you go to the top of the screen somewhere out of the way, they always appear directly in your path so you wait you wait till they beam in you can see them beaming in and then you move out of the way so they will stay wobbling at the top allowing you to clear the rest of the screen oh i just shoot them normally it's quicker to get them out of the way yeah it gets too fast so you can't shoot the middle one you've got to pick off either end and then the middle one and by the time you've done that there's lots more action on the screen i never really got that far to notice that mm, i love it though anyway mm. 
Sound is the famous and gorgy dancey remix of I think he's called Batch. Is he Batch? Batch Tortilla Fudge in B-Hatch, D minor. I think his name. <laughs> Tortilla Fudge in D minor. Or the Saint theme music. Is it? Oh, I think great. it was. Yeah. Rumor has it that Mo- Mozart, Mozart, Wagner, and Tchaikovsky also had a go at the soundtrack, but they were crap. Yeah, so, I think that's the truth. They went with Batch's one. I love the graphics. They're well-drawn, nice and spinny. I suspect, because there's only three enemies basically in the game, I suspect that all the graphic memory was used up drawing the same sprite many times at different distances and angles. So you've got the fighters that come out, but there's got to be, I don't know, at least 100 sprites where they're rotating at different angles and stuff. And Or it just used hardware to do it. Do you reckon? I don't think so. I don't really know, but I mean, if it, if it was advanced hardware and it's got lots of different processors, maybe. It's not sprite scaling, though, is it? You'd tell. I wouldn't have thought so. Tell. Not that early in, in the year. Anyway, I like the planet sprites and I like the perspective starfield as it rushes towards you. Whoosh! Whoosh! Like that. Like a can, big can I give my comments on the sound and graphics? No. Go yeah, go on. Sound is. Um, if you play on a proper cabinet or listen to it on headphones on, on MAME, it sounds really good because it's all in stereo and it works really nicely in stereo. And the graphic and the sounds are great. The graphics, boring. Very, very dull graphics. Hardly any graphics. Hardly any different kind of, of baddies. It's just really boring. Dull. Rubbish. Do you know what we found in a PCB recently? I think this is right. It was an official Star Force PCB. Yes. With with stereo sound. Yeah, Andy told me about this a little while ago. It, yeah. had, it had different hardware on that. That would be interesting to listen to and play. Yeah. I would like that. I think it had been hacked up a bit because someone had tried to put it to mono, but it does exist, Star Force. St- I wonder if it was a prototype or... Maybe. Don't know, yeah. Because apparently, when I was talking to Andy about it, he reckons that on a normal Star Force PCB, the, the PCB is printed for all those parts to go into it, but they're just not populated. Mm. So I'm presuming if you could look at Andy's PCB, you could populate those parts and send it in and find the pin which the the other sound channel comes out of. Because obviously you've got two different sound channels, and you could hook up stereo speakers to your Star Force if you had one. Mm. That'd be really good because Star Force has got great music. Much better than Gyrus. <laughs> it's great and it's Starfox. Anyway, cabinet art. I love the centu- Century cab. Was there ever a Konami cab? I don't think there was. No, was it's there? just a kit on Konami. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, I love the I love the side art and the marquee and everything about it. And with Tagster, I've seen this before, but Tagster has sent us the Australian one. It is bonkers. What do you think it looks like? The Australian cab. It's awful. It's absolutely. It's just like everything that that comes with Gyrus. It's horrible. <laughs> this picture we'll, we'll put on the um, on the web notes. It's like a big round monitor with the game inside it, and it's got it's like a weird pedestal thing, and someone's put gyrus on the front, which looks like it's been made out of a um, a, a, a car number plate, a UK car number plate, and it, the G looks like a C, so it looks like Cyrus. <laughs> it's like a game of Billy Ray Cyrus. Yeah, um, and the the cab that they've got at Arcade Club and the, the official cabinet, I think is the second ugliest cabinet in the history of arcade machines. The first one is obviously the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle thing, the UK version. It's a horrible cabinet. 
But I really hate the cab, the shape of this cab because it looks very similar to Time Pilot. Yeah. And also, oh, which other game was it? There's another game in that kind of cabinet. And which one it was now, but the Time Pilot looks the same. And the side art on it is horrible. It's just like a weird squiggly mess of orange and red. And the thing it's that gets nice. me on that game is it's really in your face. It's right upright. I don't like the, the, the angle of the monitor. And your controls are underneath the monitor sort of thing. And also mm. the control panel. Everything's red and blue on it. And it's sort of red and red and orange on it. And the control panel is blue. It looks really weird. And I just do not like it. I've, I've gone right off gyrus lately. It takes a bit of getting used to because you're so close to the screen. But yeah, I'm I don't like it. that. I like to be further away. So I like the screen to lay down a bit as well. Mm, yeah. yeah. Anyway, anyway, I like it. Gyrus, oh, this is the trivia. I've already said this. Gyrus came 13th in our top 50 games of all time podcast as voted by you, the viewers. Gyrus on the marquee is also subtitled Galaxy Defense Force. No, it's not. It's on the, it's on the flyer, not on the marquee. Anyway, I like controlling the ship as it warps into the distance. You finish the level, but you can still control the ship. You know what I mean? As it warps towards the. Is, is that center. another copy? Is that another rip off of um, Tempest? No. Yes, it is. No. Because in Tempest, you get the spikes and you've got to control yourself as you're going down the tube. This game is a real rip off of Tempest. I think it's better than Tempest. It's nowhere near as good as Tempest. How dare you! I think it's better. Anyway, it was released during the North American video game crash of 1983, and it didn't sell as well as deserved. Good. <laughs> I think I think it deserved a lot more. Legend goes that following its release, Okamoto asked for a, a pay raise or he would quit. He was fired the next morning when turning up for work. They're just mental. That wasn't wise. He is a good game designer. Yeah. Even though I'd fire him for this game as well. Why was so few tube tube shooters released? I've put. I don't know. Probably because Tempest did it the best, and no one could really compete with it, as Jarvis shows. Yes. So ports, sequels, and legacy. There's lots of ports. I've linked to a a link to a ports page. I'm too lazy. There was a, a three Atari ones, twenty six hundred, fifty two hundred, eight bit computers. They're Kelly. all pretty good. ColecoVision, Commodore 64, which I have, speaking to Charlie Farr last night, I I think we have a vague recollection of playing it on that. Uh, NES, Famicom, Xbox Live Arcade, a few others, Game Boy Advance, PS1 reboots, and all that kind of thing. Loads! Because people just love Gyrus. The NES version is usual sort of fare with NES versions. It's actually got added bits on it. Yeah. So they tended to add lots of bits on for good or bad with the NES versions. And also, Gyrus is actually a hidden mini game on Contra Legacy of War on the PlayStation 1. Is it? Mm, you've got to find, I think you go to an arcade and you find it, you can play it there. Cool. Right, scores. Scores on the doors. Okay. Oh, Here we go. Got no Chris Plus Plus or Sal Buglerisi score. Sal hasn't been on with us. Maybe he's been busy over Christmas. Yeah, let, me just check, let me just check my phone, see if Sal hasn't sent me an email. He sends me an email. He, might be, sending an email. Them, he might be sending them late. Because we're doing Sunday, aren't we? We might have to put them in later on. Yeah, we've, you've got another day to play this, kids, because we're recording oh, hang Sunday. On, hang on. Live score update. Chris Federico. This is from my phone. Um, please let me know you've received this email, if it's no trouble, as your pants who, I think he's talking about Yahoo, has problems sending my scores in the post. 
Well, Chris, it was okay. It came. Uh, his score was 153,850. Stage 16 he got to. Just about made it to Jupiter. Not a horrible score, but not exactly Jimmy G level. This is one of his favourite games. So, Jim, I hope you've submitted a score. I don't think he has. Jimmy G's apparently really good. Is he, is he as good as Tronads, though? That's what I want to know. I think he's about 150,000-ish. Oh, no, no, then. Absolutely not. Right, let's start from the bottom. Do the scores, mister. Yes. New new player called Lance, 18150. This is my first time entering a score. Cool game, but not my cup of tea. Love the idea about game with different control. That's, that's we're getting a lot of positive feedback. We're going to have to do that, aren't we? Yes, we are, but not next oh, week. Yeah. Alan Delta Lima, 23,150. First game of Jaris, not crazy about the controls. We'll try again if family allows. Looking forward to another year of 10 pence of fun. I wonder if I could make up a drinking game to go with this show. Ideas on a postcard, please. No. Andrew Driver, 25,700. Got to confess to never having played Jairus. That may or may not be, be account for the crap scores. But I'm back with the children of the pence after a bit of a break. Not a biscuit break. Uh, Mark Clayton, 34,750. Never knew Uranus was so hard to get to. Oh! <laughs> they keep coming. Tin, Brother of Bronze, 37,450. By the power of cheap pretend GameCube pad. That's always done that. Ooh, okay. There might have been a bit of an advantage. One of them roundy, roundy sticks on a GameCube. Mm-hmm. Uh, Blake Brett, 38,100. Loved it. If only I had more time to play. Benny Bernassi, 38,550. Great to be back in the games room. First attempt on the first game of the year, and I'm quite terrible. You are. Uh, 8-Bit Ash, <laughs> 51,050. Really fun game. Wish I had more time to put into it. Will definitely be staying on my favourites list. And let me interject yeah. me here. Oh, yeah. I got about 55,100. Really? Yeah, because I will tell you why I hate it so much after the scores. Oh, no, man. Ross Ross, 57,900. Welcome back, Ross Ross. Playing on a laptop with 8-bit do arcade stick. Love the game. No time to get a decent score. In a few games I've played, felt satisfying and an improvement with each game. Darren Fold, 60,250. It's a snow day, so no school for the kiddies. My sons are going to top score on Gyrus for a 10 pence arcade podcast. 43,800 uh, COW Boom. That's nine years old. That's his kids. They've done well. 43,000. Good for a kid. Good. Well done. Nice Phil one. Cave, 62,400 at Arcade Club. Met Sean Holly. Never played this before on arcade, only on C64. Yeah, we, I must have played it about 30 years ago. I'll play some more, though. Good to meet you, Phil. Stuart Time Warp, 63,600. Only a quick go. Sound on the 61 sucks, but likes the game. Once I want to come back to. The sound on the 61 this game murders it even more. It's horrible on there. They've really mm. messed the sound up. Maybe it's something to do with the, the stereo sound. They've messed it right up on there. Mm. Another new player played in Japan, 65,350. So many promising 30,000.3 live start games, and then they come crashing down. Button Mashing Fun, 69,200. The soundtrack on this game has always been one of my favourites since a wee lad, but the controls are still too wonky for my tiny brain to hammer down. Mm. Lewis Batcave, 69,500. Just flew past Uranus. (laughs) Whoever whoever can get the closest prediction for the number of Uranus jokes in in the list of feedback wins a packet of custard creams. I'm guessing seven anus jokes. How many have we done? Loads more than that so far. Yeah. <laughs> loosely termed jokes anyway uh, Hugo CMP 75,200 a couple of quick goes and register score for me and my mate Hugo nice 
Paul Higgins. 76.850. I think Jairus has the 10p effect on me. Starting off liking it and now can't do any better on it and inadvertently starting to dislike it. The 10p effect is the opposite to what you first think when you start playing. So if you love it and you hate it, 10p effect. Also, you might have hated the game for years and then suddenly started liking it. Like Amadar with me. Mm. Mm. Nice. Uh, Mark. Happy dude. (laughs) 80,000 on the nose. Although they had this in my local arcade, I never played it because Mr. Tronads was always on it. 10p lasted him at least eight hours. I can believe that. Whoa. Michael Vortman, 80,700. Great game, great flow. Flow of rubbish. <laughs> so, Jeremy Riley, 92,700. I initially struggled with the controls. Mapping a spinner like requirement to a joystick seems odd, but after a while, it seems fairly natural. Mm. Chris CMP, 102,300. Couple of quick goes and registering, registering scores for me and my mate Hugo. Yep. Ian Cullen, 114k, 450. Having a lot of trouble with this one. Neil 25, 116.700. Not quite the 1cc that others are getting, but it's a PB for me. A really great game. It's a peanut butter for him. Yeah. I like. I bet you don't like peanut butter, do you? I do. Do you? Oh, yeah, do. with jam. Or jelly, as Americans say. He mm. is Jimmy. He is definitely Jimmy. 124,350. Nice score. Mm. Ben Granville, 132,200. Such an amazing game. Brian Arabo, 133.3. Didn't care for it much before. It's all about avoidance and shooting for me. Didn't like it to earth, but did kiss past your anus. Oh, Mick Orwell, Mike Orwell, 134.100. A proper old school arcade banger. Nick, 73. 137,450. Hardly played this one before, but I love it now. So good and into my top five. One that rewards playing, so you do get better the more you play. Loads of light bulb moments and the scores creep up. Love it. Nice. Ed Horse, 145.700. I think watching Tronads on Twitch has helped my score. Uh, Buller, 146 on the nose. Uh, yeah, stupid mistake. Then Shed Live's trying to get their double shot back. Oh, yeah, you do that. You, you, you can't, as it gets later on, you can't just shoot the, the middle of the blue wobblies. You've got to shoot either the left or right and then get the planet. She's just going to die. Or you can risk it and try and swoop underneath them. But you, mm. a lot of the times it ends in tears, tiny, tiny tears, tears of despair. Anyway, Chris Mooncrest, a bootleg, 147,950. Personal best for me today. Soon to have the same issues I do with 1942. I get 90% of my score on the first life and then it falls down from there. Mm, common mistake, that. Mark Watno Gravy, 149,750. Amazing what a change of controller can do. Gone from an arcade stick to a pad. Played one game and nearly doubled my score. Ew. Do you want me to do so, this one? Yes, please. 155,050. Achieved last night whilst deep in man flu zone. <laughs> it's not the sniffles. Oh. Rob Player Missile, welcome back. 165,700. First time past Saturn and got past Jupiter also. Why do I love Gyrus and hate Gallagher? Gyrus is just Gallagher wrapped into a cylinder. The music helps, I guess. It does get the blood pump in the music, doesn't it? Uh You've just avoided what you just said there. It's Gallagher wrapped in a cylinder. It is. Yeah, cool, but, that, isn't but it? not as good. It's a lot better in Gallagher. No, and I don't like Gallagher either. Mm. Bill Wellham, 180,400. What a game. I've always loved this game from the day it first appeared at my local arcades. It's almost perfect. It's he's not. right. He's not. He's right. No. Matt P. 
Wow, this game is addictive. Played on the Jarus machine at Big Bit Bit Bar Arcade. First time really getting into it, but the more you play it, the more patterns you learn, and the little bit farther you get into it each time. Love it. Steve, type 189,550. First 10p score punt. Will improve. Have made notes. 6pm, 3pm, etc. Mm. Garen, retro schmupper. 191,000. Great game choice. Getting back into it. Aiming to get back to earth again before submission deadline. Reminder, we have got another day after these, so these scores might change, and I'll put them on the website. Yes. A dropped lint chocolate impacted this score. What if you <sighs> drop, dropped it on the floor? It always impacts a score when you drop a lint. It does, doesn't it? Uh, you, Mr. Holly, 322,450. Third place. If I have time and I'm still awake, try and improve on this tonight. That is third place and still only a third from the next score up. Mm. Charlie Farr, 1,123,550. Gyrus pro tip number one. Don't get trapped in the corners. Good tip. Pro tip number two. Standing on your head makes the upside down bits much easier. Very good. And then he's put, had unfinished business. Wanted to get to stage 99. He put like a 600,000 score in. Wow. And then just thought, oh no, I'll just get a million for a laugh. <laughs> and Mr. Tronaz just topped it. Probably because he just had to just top it. He could have beat it by loads, I expect. 1,124,650. Not this is a mid-game screenshot. The final score from the game is significantly more, but it's been kept a secret until the deadline. I had only lost about four or five lives at this point, so I was going well. So actually, his score's going to be much higher than this. He's not put the score on on purpose in case Charlie Farr tries to beat it in the last day. Ah, I see. We'll have to find out tomorrow night then who's got the high score. So, kids, it's a bit of a race at the top. I think they should have a knife fight to prove it. Yeah. <laughs> Stripped to the waist, knife fight, arcade club Saturday. No knives in, in the building, sorry. Kids. No no knives in the cabs, kids. No, no knives. No, don't, anyway. don't take knives, it's wrong. Rubber ones, maybe. Yeah, no. Anyway, summary. Improvements, nothing. Love it, leave it alone. Leave it, it's perfect. What? Anyway, oh, I've, got some, I've got some ideas for Gyrus oh, too, though. Come on. Boss stages, how about a big, big smelly boss in the middle of the screen? Yeah, but what would it do? It would spit out bullets. Oh, so same as the rest of the game then? Yeah, but it'd be a big smelly boss. <sighs> you, when you got to Mars, you could have a Martian. Or a massive Mars bar. And when you got to Uranus, you could have a big poop. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I nearly did it though. Anyway, nearly. more stages going well into space. Not quite into space, well into space. More power-ups. Loads more enemies with... with today's hardware you could have hundred you could have spit lots of spinny stuff coming out at you and more banging techno mixes of, of classics you know like batches classic you could have what's he called tachowski's nutcracker sweets or lucy lucy van beethoven's 1812 overwatch none of what you just said made any sense at all <laughs> Claire classics but look it up right let me let me have time to bash this game good and proper. Let me get my, my hammer out a minute. Mm. I, like a lot of people, thought Gyros was a classic game. You know, you see it and you hear it, it sounds all lovely and everything. Absolutely rubbish. I rage quit this game so many times. I just could not get into it. It's it's basically Gallagher wrapped in a tube, and it's a total copy of Tempest, but without the clever gameplay. You're just shooting you are simply just shooting stuff and avoiding. 
That's it. I don't think I got to the high levels to see if it gets any the the gameplay gets any different or any harder. But I just I kept finding I was I was like right driving into bullets a lot because if you if you go left from the bottom of the screen six o'clock you go left you go to nine o'clock then you have to transfer your your joystick to up to go to midnight and then go right to go to three o'clock and then down to go back to six o'clock. This game would have been a lot better with a spinner, but then that would have been a total ripoff of Tempest, and they would have got sued. I reckon. It would have been too quick. You would have moved too quick. But it's, well, no, it's not qu- really, because you you can you can have spinners working at different speeds. Because underneath a spinner is an optical wheel with little holes in it, and if yeah. you put the holes further apart, or even put a gear mechanism on the wheel, you can change the speed of the spinner. And that would have worked a lot better because it's more natural spinning around a hole rather than using an eight, a four or an eight way joystick around a hole. It just doesn't work because mm. you, you could have you could have used a four way joystick on this because you're actually actually moving in four directions. It's not a diagonal thing, is it? If you've got a diagonal, it just it won't move you to diagonals. It'll just move you around. It, well, yeah, it's because it's emulated. You're not using the right stick. It doesn't matter. The joystick is a leaf switch stick with four switches on it. It's yeah, nothing it's special. Round, it's a no, round it's not. gate. It makes it diff- makes a difference. Well, you can use an octagonal gate. It's the same thing. It makes no difference. I think it. it I can Sean, play better Sean. with a Sean. Monroe. Yeah. <laughs> Logic and physics equal facts. You can't get around it. It's not different. If it was an optical stick, what you're saying is right, but it isn't. A Monroe stick is just a, a leaf switch stick. That's it with a round gate. Yeah, but there's a bit of magic in it. Where Where like, is the magic kept? You can't see it. You can't see magic. That's just silly. Did Did Father Christmas tell you about this? Not this year. Last year, yeah. When When you went to Dublin last, a little leprechaun spoke in your ear. Sean, never... Sean, Joyous has got a magical stick. <laughs> Is that what I've he said? Dub- I've never been to Dublin. That's just crazy talk. So, yes. The game is nonsense. It's It's just a horrid game. I just don't like it, and it seems. I say repetitive. But then again, Pac-Man Space Invaders is repetitive. But it doesn't mm. matter because you enjoy it and you you sort of get the, the way you work it formulated in your head. But this game, I just couldn't get into it. And I don't like... It's like I don't... Like, on Galaga, when, they, when the, the aliens come in on Galaga, the insects come in, if you learn the patterns, you can get rid of them really quickly. I don't like doing that. I don't like learning patterns too much. Mm. So that bothers me as well. And when, when the things are in the middle, they just pulsate in and out. You can shoot them in the middle quite easily. And the, the chance stages are quite easy as well. And it really annoyed me when I missed one because you missed that 10,000 point bonus. And it just, the game just really annoyed me. And I kept like careering into bullets when I was thinking I was going the wrong way. I just rage quit. I, I must have played it about five shoot, times. That's it. You can't shoot the middle blue blue wobbly. You, when it gets later levels, you can't. You've got to pick them off at the end. Well, no, at but the what end. you do there is you shoot the left one and you rotate all the way around the screen, shoot the right one, and then get the middle thing. If you can make it around the screen, yeah. Yeah, why couldn't you? Because of the hundreds of bullets coming at you by that stage. Yeah, it's just it would really annoy me getting that far in it, I think. I don't think I'd even bother with it. This is a <laughs> game I really hate now and I'm never going to play it again, honestly. Oh. I'm so glad I don't have to play on that stupid machine because I hate the arcade cab even more than anyone else. <laughs> it is a horrible looking thing. I just don't like the shape of it. It's just really in your face. It's like a really wedge-shaped thing. And that blue control panel just does not go. If it was red and red and orange like the rest of the cab, it looked nicer. 
It looks like they've used that from another cabinet. You know what I mean? It looks like they've been retrofitted. There's two at the minute at the club, two gyros cabs. There's a, one with a Century board in and one with a Konami board. Is there much difference? I think the gameplay is the same. You can't set the high scores the same, though. One, the the Konami cab, it's every increments every 60,000. The Century cab is every 70,000 high scores. And you can, there's a dip to change it a little bit on each one, but you can't match them up. Oh, right, okay. Bit weird, isn't it? Yeah. Because Japanese players are usually better, that's why. The music's great on it. I really like the music. It's quite good for the game. But the game is just it's really boring. I just really, really don't like it. But I really don't like Galaga. I much prefer Galaxian. Mm. Yeah. Well, I think uh, most people would disagree with you on that. Bit. Yeah, but they're simpletons. <laughs> All of them. Yeah. <laughs> and anyone who's really good at this game... I have no respect for them. Right. You know what okay. I mean? It's just, I, yeah. <laughs> Everything they say, I take with a pinch of salt because they're good at gyros. Do you know what else goes with a pinch of salt? Chips. Tequila. Oh, no. Oh, mm-hmm. no. Anyway. I, it's getting on for 22 minutes past eight in the morning. I should just be getting up now, really. Yeah. Let's work out what we're going to play next time. And I've changed my mind. Next show's game. It would have been my pick normally. And the game right. I want to do, I haven't actually got a controller for, because it's going to be an odd controller one. Because the controller I did have, I gave to you. The centipede trackball? No, no, spinner. It's got a spinner on it as well, hasn't it? No. Did I not put a spinner on it? No. Oh, where have I put my spinner? I need to find my spinner. Then I can play it. But what we're going to do instead, never mind all that, ignore all that. Oh, right. I'll pretend to edit that out. It was going to be my pick. I was going to pick a game that uses a spinner. But what we're going to do is we're going to swap them around a bit. We're going to do a listener pick. And the listener pick is Chris CMP. The last time I saw him at the Smarty Me, he, we were playing a lot of Armoured Car. And he said, oh, you should play this game because it's on my arcade SD board. I said, I'll tell you what, the next time we do a listener pick, we'll play Armoured Car. So we're going to play Armoured Car. Armoured Car? Yes. Trying to think what that is. It's a bit of a maze game with a little car. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's good. It's a fun little game. Normal four, four-way four joystick, two buttons, and I've got oh, it on yeah. the Scramble hardware board so I can play it on my cab. Lovely. And we were playing, oh. a, we were playing a ton of that at um, the Smarty Meet, and it was probably game of the day, actually. Everyone really got into that. It's cool. Right, okay. So, well, armoured car, that. standard settings, kids. All the settings will be on the website. Have a look on there. Just three lives. That's all. Right. Okay, then. And check the website for the final 10 pence scores because this is a day early. Yes. Um, they change subject to availability. Eh? How's that? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to go have some sausages and eggs and bacon in a minute because it's breakfast time. I'm getting ready for work. Ah, ha ha, sucker. I'm not. <laughs> and I'm tomorrow in the next off. Ha ha ha, even more. Ho, 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 ho. The deadline for score submissions is Sunday, 3rd of February, 5pm UK time. Yes, so thank you for listening, kids, and we will catch you next time on the interwebs or your favourite podcast client. Thanks for listening, goodbye, and next time it'll be a lot better game than this one. Bye! No, goodbye! You can download or play the podcast, read all the show notes, and leave feedback at www.10pencearcade.co.uk. 
You can email me at vertvic at 10pence.co.uk. You can also reach us on our Facebook page. You can tweet me at 10 and you can tweet Sean at Sean Holly. We'd love to hear from you for game suggestions, arcade pickups and stories, or any of your personal thoughts on anything we may have covered. 